Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sports Podcast. I'm Ben Glixman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, What's up? Matt, it is our favorite annual tradition. It's the ASU game-by-game game breakdown for football. I think it's time that to is just, correct. I think it's time to dive right in. Okay. So the, good. So the Sun Devils open at home against NAU. It's their turn in the every other year. One of the Pac-12 Arizona teams has to beat NAU. Um, But this year, it's a little different. The Lumberjacks are preseason top 25 in the FCS. Yeah. They're returning 37 starter or 37 letter winners and eight starters from last year's team. Yep. It's, you know, their quarterback, Case Cookus, is a preseason all-conference player. Yeah. Yeah. It's not not the NAU of old, it seems like. No, it's not. No, I I saw... um... I think it was Sporting News has has their quarterback as the the you know FCS preseason All American choice at quarterback. So they're high on him. I think he was the freshman of the year in the conference last year, or maybe even nationally at that level. So yeah, they they got a little bit of talent. It's supposed to be the the you know preseason big big sky favorite. So could be a a little trickier than normal. You're right. He was the uh, FCS freshman of the year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I honestly had not heard of him prior to I was I was looking at stuff a couple months ago just you know the, the college football preview stuff and I saw his name and didn't realize he had the year he had last year obviously but for the Sun Devils it's getting a chance to re- reopen the new completely different Sun Devil Stadium yeah yeah very different look I'm, I'm anxious to get in there and see what it looks like on the inside because uh, certainly the the pictures that I saw it, it's hard to even recognize it. I'm excited. I think they're supposed to try to get a practice in there this weekend. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, hopefully they can. If the, I think that they're going to christen it with a win. I, I'm worried that this year's game might look a little bit like back in the Dennis Erickson era where it's close up till halftime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had a few. I mean, uh, I remember, I think it was, I, I'm struggling to remember the year, I want to say 2006, uh, was a close game until the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, they've, they've been tricky at times, and I think it could be that way again. Um, you know, you do have all those question marks coming into the year we've talked about, and, and, and so that's a chance to get them answered, but... Uh, there, there could be some bumps. I don't, I don't expect it to be one of those sixty-three to seven type of games that we've had a few times to open the year. I think it, it'll be closer, but I think they'll win. So I'm going to take the Devils to win, and I think it's going to be something in the neighborhood of thirty-eight to fourteen. Yeah, I'd say something like that. I mean, based on based on the NAU quarterback being a good player, obviously, and. And the defensive question marks we have, which that's going to be a recurring theme as we go through this, um, probably uh, the, you know might be a little higher scoring on their part at least. Um, I hope not, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting that this defense is going to give up uh, a fair amount of points, especially early, uh, as they try to kind of figure things out as the season goes along. I feel like you and I might be on different views on the defense. I think, at least for the front seven, it's going to be a strength for the Devils. Yeah, I think it could be, but I just I worry that the that the secondary is going to be such a weakness that it's going to limit how effective the front can be. Basically, I guess if that makes sense, like I just think teams are going to be able to throw the ball on us 
uh, hopefully not as effectively as they did last year, but but still with with a lot of success. Um, you know, and I don't I don't know exactly the way NAU plays, uh, but as we you know get into the rest of the schedule, or certainly in the first half, I I fear what some of these high powered passing offenses are going to do to us. And by that, I assume you're talking about our week two opponent, Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean that's first and foremost. Yeah, I mean. Uh, you know from the from the college football preview we did that I'm high on Texas Tech. I think I think Mahomes is one of the better quarterbacks in the country, and and they always put up points. It doesn't matter who their quarterback is. This goes back to when their coach was the quarterback at Kingsbury, and you know uh, they always can score. And the way to beat them is to outscore them. But I I don't think our offense is going to be sharp enough at that point to do that. Uh, you know I I hope it will get there. But in week two against your first real competition, theoretically, um, with a new quarterback or quarterbacks, depending on what they do, I, I just I don't I don't trust our offense to be able to score the forty plus you're probably going to need. Yeah, Texas Tech has a home tune-up game against Stephen F. Austin, similar to our NAU yeah. game. Yeah, that I mean, Mahomes is a good quarterback, and we've talked about him before during yeah. the preview. I, one thing that has been a, a theme last year and hopefully will not be a theme this year is quarterbacks who have experience, who have maturity, mm-hmm. seem to not be flustered by the defense, at least the way we were calling blitzing schemes right. during the 2015 season. Right, right. I mean, it was definitely a, a consistent pattern last year, and and this is a guy who's now going into his third year as the starter, uh, you know, second full year. He won the job as a freshman in 14, and then and then it, you know, started all last year, and I, I just, uh, you know, I'm pretty, pretty high on him. He's one of those guys. I just, like I said before, I think he kind of is going to be a quarterback that rises everybody around him um, with what he can do. He's a decent athlete, so he's he's not just a pocket guy that you can come after and try to hit back there. He can move around. He can throw on the run. Uh, I just think he's going to be a, a tough task. Uh, you know, when the when the schedule first co- signed sort of developed I, I thought it would be a tough win but they could get a win and the more I look at it I, I don't have it being a win I, I think they lose that game yeah one thing that they are gonna have to do is their leading rusher was DeAndre Washington who's now right. in Oakland Raiders the Raiders yep yep just saw him last weekend so it'll be it'll be interesting to see where they go from there but you know this team is built around the passing game yeah I mean I'm, I'm putting a lot of of eggs in the Mahomes basket when it comes to that. I mean, if he gets hurt or struggles, then I think it, you know, it crumbles around them. I don't, I don't think this is a really deep talented team that's got, you know, a whole bunch of answers, but I just think he's a quarterback that's going to make up the difference. And, and I, and I kind of think, you know, in a potentially little bit down year for the big 12, I think that they're a team that could, could make that step, but just looking at it on, on the game against ASU, I just think, you know, the difference in quarterbacks, having a veteran quarterback compared to a quarterback making his second career start is going to be the difference in the game. I mean, to put it in perspective, last year Mahomes was 364 for 573. He threw for over 4,600 yards and 36 touchdowns. ASU's uh, person with the most career college pass attempts (laughs) on the roster is Matt Hawk. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I just... You know, it, it, there's more to it, obviously, than the quarterback. But I just feel like in a game that, you know, both teams are built to have high-powered offenses, fast pace, 
um, and just do kind of enough on defense. I mean, ASU probably, you know, neither team would probably come right out and say that, but that's that's kind of the identity they've got is got to score and and have your defense make enough plays for you to win. And I just, uh, given the question marks we have on offense and the question marks defending the pass, I don't like the matchup for ASU that early in the year. If we got them in week six, it might be a different story. But week two, I feel like, is a, is a tough time. I mean, having it at home helps. Um, if, if we get them in the heat and they struggle with that at all, though, they should be used to that as well, playing in Texas. Um, not like they're, they're coming from the Midwest or something like that. So um, I, I just think, I think they're a pretty good team, and I don't think we're going to be at that level just yet. I think the one thing that could be going for us having it be a home game is teams that are tempo offenses, and we saw this with ASU under Norvell. Teams that are tempo mm-hmm. offenses, they struggle on the road. It's they just, do. They know. do. I mean, it's it's tougher to communicate. Um, you know, tougher to get your substitutions in on time. I think. You know, uh, I mean, all the all the things that go into a fast paced offense become a little bit tougher, um, and and so that's where it becomes important. I think in that game to hang in and, and not get blitzed right away because we know the ASU crowds. We've been, we've been in Sun Devil Stadium, and we know that the crowd will give up pretty quickly. Um, if you're down 14 at the end of the first quarter, they'll start to leave and the students will leave and, and you lose that home field advantage. So it's a game that if you could start out well, you know, get a lead yourself, at least maybe be tied you know, at halftime or in the game, you have that chance to affect them. I I guess I just worry that it's going to be one of those games where we're kind of behind from the start, a la some of those Oregon games that we played. I, this team's not as good as some of those Oregon teams, but but just get behind and you lose that home field advantage pretty much right away. I am going to go ahead and pick the Devils to win okay. because I'm a massive homer. Uh, no, no, I mean, I'm, I'm going to pick them to win some games that probably a lot of people wouldn't agree with me. I, I I, uh, to me, it comes down to being higher on Texas Tech than a lot of people. I think that's the thing. It's not, it's not so much that I'm down on ASU in this game, it, but it's just I think Texas Tech is, is a pretty high-level team this year, and, and I don't think that, like I said, I don't, I don't know that we can score enough points to, to outscore them, which is how you have to beat them. I mean, you're not going to beat them 17-14. Yeah. Well, so you've got them one and one. I've got them two and zero, yeah. and then they get their first road test Friday night, ESPN two yeah. against Texas San Antonio. Little tricky, you know. I mean, it's it's uh, you know, if especially if if your prediction's correct, you come off a win, and it's a bit of a trap game uh, situation there because you got the Pac twelve opener the next week. All that said, I mean, Texas, you know, San Antonio's not supposed to be that good. I, I saw today, I think they were picked fifth in their division in the Conference USA. So, you know, it's a game they should survive and hopefully, you know, play pretty well and and iron out some of those kinks, especially if they have any coming out of Texas Tech. I mean, UTSA's only been playing for five years and it's every year has been under Frank Coker, or I'm sorry, Larry Coker until, Larry, yeah. until yeah. this year and now it's Frank Wilson Right. It'll it'll certainly be interesting to see how a program that got started and has only had one coach makes that transition. I, I'm comfortable that we should be able to win this game. U of A went in there last year and yeah. struggled early but pulled out the win. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if whoever the quarterback ASU picks, whether it's Wilkins or White at this point, mm-hmm. if they struggle a little bit in the first road test, it's in a dome, it's a little different. Right. 
but ultimately, the talent should win out, and we should win that game. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I mean, I don't know what to expect about their, you know, their home field advantage. I mean, I, I know the Alamo Dome is a cavernous building. I can't imagine that they get really great crowds there. Um, you know, Texas is football hotbed, but there's so many other big schools in Texas um, that I, I don't think it's going to be a real raucous crowd, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's a road game. It doesn't matter where you play it. The first one away from home is, is a little tricky. Um, but I think it's a good spot to have it, and, you know, and especially with – with a new quarterback, you wouldn't want your first road game to be, uh, you know, at at Missouri like we played a few years ago or at LSU, which apparently we're going to sometime in the next two decades, um, you know, something like that. You, you know, this is a bit of a softer landing, and, and hopefully they can win. Hey, we've been trying to play LSU. It's just I know, <laughs> I know. It just keeps getting put off. Yeah, sometime we'll get there, I, I think. Hopefully we'll both still be alive to see it. I mean, that home-and-home home was initially scheduled when we were in college. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. And now it's going to be, I think, uh, past our 40s. Uh, I mean, that's crazy. Looking ahead for the Pac-12 opener, we're, we're home against Cal, who is coming off. They play Texas. at ho- They have a home game against Texas leading into the game against us. Do they? Okay, I didn't realize that. I knew they played them, and I didn't realize it was that week. Cal is going to show up with an offense that has a new quarterback and is – breaking in after losing their top six receivers, breaking in new receivers. Yeah. This has all the makings of a Todd Graham blitz-happy scheme. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you'd you hope so. I mean, the I guess just the interesting element, uh, you know, for, for storyline subplot is Cal's new quarterback is, is new to them, but not new to ASU because he, uh, he torched us in the Holiday Bowl in 2013 uh, with Texas Tech. Ironically enough, we get to see – the guy who played for Texas Tech after the guy that replaced him at Texas Tech and, and pushed him out the door. Um, so I mean, he he comes in. He's he, you know he's a grad transfer. He's looking for that one year uh, burst, basically to to put a good year on film. And you know he's he's got some NFL buzz to him. Uh, Kuiper I mean, had him as the number one senior prospect. I know when he made that transfer. I mean, if you're Davis Webb, you can do a lot worse with one year of quarterback play than going to Sonny Dykes, who just had yeah. a top two NFL draft pick. Number one. Number yeah. one. I'm sorry, yeah. number one NFL draft pick coming, you know, and that's who you replace. At least you know that teams are looking at you. Exactly, yeah. I mean, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's a similar style of offense to Texas Tech. They're going to throw it a ton. They're going to run a lot of plays. We saw it last year up there with Goff. I mean, we had... We had a big lead on him at halftime, and then we couldn't we couldn't stop him in the second half. And even though we moved the ball, we couldn't score touchdowns, and we ended up losing that game right at the end. So, um, you know, we've we've seen this offense. I, I think I think in this case, um, a little bit flipped from Texas Tech. I think by week four, we're better offensively, and I don't think Cal's as good as Texas Tech is going to be. And so, I think it's a game we we can and should win. One interesting wrinkle for that Cal game the, the new Cal offensive coordinator this year is Jake Spavadol who, uh, right, who, right the old uh, A&M coordinator right he was the he was the coordinator at A&M but way back his first coaching job was as the offensive quality control assistant for Tulsa under Todd Graham in 2008 was it really okay I didn't realize that yeah yeah I knew he I knew he was at A&M last year um, when we played him and uh, although didn't they didn't have a ton of success against us offensively, they they certainly did the other way. Um, 
But uh, yeah, that's an interesting move. Um, I, I'm trying to remember who did they who did Cal lose as the coordinator? Did he go somewhere else? Or? You know, I don't recall offhand. I don't know either. <laughs> It, it doesn't speak highly that they lost their coordinator after having the number one pick, and neither of us can remember who the Cal offensive coordinator is. No, I is. know, yeah. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure out here. I'm looking at the, uh, at the Sporting News magazine, um, and it doesn't say. It talks about Spavadol coming in, but it doesn't say <laughs> who they had. So, I don't know. Okay. Well, apparently he wasn't that good. Who knows? Sure, sure no, he got no, Jared I Goff mean, to the number one pick and helped yeah, Sonny Dykes true, turn that offense true. around. I mean, but <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a Sonny Dykes offense. We've seen it at Arizona. We've seen it at Cal. Now um, you know what they're going to do. They're another team, um, you know, that's right out of that that you know air raid style of offense. Uh, they're going to throw it a ton, and and if you're up, you know, three touchdowns on them, it's not it's not over because they'll go they keep throwing and and they'll have success and they get back in the game again did it to us last year up there so i i, I have uh, more confidence though I, again i hope by that point our offense has sort of ironed out any issues that it's got quarterback offensive line those type of things and and you're ready to roll by the time the conference season start but of course we know as we've discussed before that you know last weekend of september conference opener has been a a big trouble spot for us the last few years and and so uh can't take that one for granted to put a bow on it, it was Tony Franklin, who was the offensive coordinator, who took the offensive okay. coordinator job at Middle Tennessee State. So, Huh. Okay. Okay. Wow. That seems like a, a step down, I would yeah. think. But, uh, okay. Interesting. So, I, I've got the Devils winning. I think that all of the new guys, even though they play Texas the week before, this is a road test for Cal. It's yeah. a Pac-12 opener. I, I feel like this is all the makings of a blitz-happy ASU forcing turnovers, making plays. Agreed. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. You know, it's, it's a fairly welcoming start to the conference, I think. Uh, you know, as, I'm, as I said, like, we've, we've had trouble in that spot the last couple of years, but we've played better competition. We, you know, we played a UCLA team that was in the top 10. We played a USC team that was talented enough to probably be in the top 10 or 15 last year, just didn't have the the consistency to it. Um, so I think this is a better, a little bit softer opening. I mean, it probably as good as you can expect for a first conference game. It's at home. It's a team that is probably in the bottom half of the conference. You got to take care of business in that game. Well, but one thing that ASU is used to is a road week five game. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and going, they have it again. And going, going to, to LA. LA. Yeah. 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 And have had success with it the last couple of years. Uh, you know, it's been an odd dynamic. We've had that USC UCLA back to back and gotten beat down at home and then pulled off a, a surprising performance, you know, a, a miracle win two years ago. And then last year really outplayed UCLA, you know, deserved to win that game the year before you could say it was kind of a fluke, but uh, uh, yeah, it's been a successful spot and I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that formula. I think, uh, I think we'll get a win there. Uh, I think SC's got such a brutal start to the season that you're going to catch them at the right time. They, they open Alabama and then at Stanford at Utah in week three and four. I think they're going to come into that game one and three. They might have quarterback questions. They might have coaching questions already starting to swirl. I just think, I think that's a good chance to catch them napping a little bit. Well, I know you're not a big fan of the new coach, Clay Helton, who had the interim tag removed. I'm not either. I, I think sort of along the same lines as what you said in the overall NCAA preview. 
I think, mm-hmm. I think Clay Helton is a guy who the players like, but the players are going to leave. Right, right. I always think it's dangerous when you make a, a what should be a long-term decision based on emotion. Um, it can work, but most often it doesn't. And, and you know, SC has just continued to go down this path of, of kind of, you know, continuing the family tree. Now, Clay Helton... I don't believe was an assistant under Pete Carroll, but he was an assistant under Kiffin and Sarkeesian, who were, of course, assistants under Carroll. And it just feels like they'd have been better off going outside the family and and kind of getting a fresh start because it, it, it really seems like since Pete Carroll left, they're just continually trying to recapture that magic, and that magic's gone. And I, I you know, it's uh, if Helton does the job, I'll be more than happy to eat crow and say I was wrong. But I just think they would have been better off going outside the circle and and maybe, you know, the players have their feelings hurt a little. And I know they did when they didn't hire Ed Orgeron, backfired on him because the Sarkeesian hire didn't work. Uh, but I think uh, they got scared off by that and made the, made the emotional choice. Well, I mean, it's interesting that you bring up Coach O because that was just 2013. And at that yeah. point, they decided, no, we're not going to do that. We're, we're not going to just right. go with the guy who had the momentum in the season. Right. And for some right. reason, they decided now in yeah. 2015 yeah. offseason, yes, we will stick with the guy who got us here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy what's happened there. Uh, you know, not, not directly tied to us, but I think, I think the note last year when they played Notre Dame, was this was the, the fourth year in a row they were playing Notre Dame with a different head coach. I mean, it, that's, that's insane to think about that it's, that it's been that, you know, that much turnover there in such a short time. And, you know, the, look, as, a, as an ASU fan, you kind of like to see USC off their perch, but we've talked about this. The Pac-12 is better off when USC's good. Uh, you know, it just it gives the Pac-12 a heavier feel nationally. It, and it and it gives you that big dog that you want to knock off their perch, and so I hope, uh, in some ways, I hope he's the right guy and that he can get USC back to being the the contender. Maybe not what they were under Carroll, because that's going to be really hard to do to get to that level. Um, but you know, being a top ten caliber team and a team that that feels big when they come to town, and they they've recruited well. They've got the pieces to be there. But they had the pieces last year, too, and they didn't take advantage of it. I mean, they have talent for days on this team. They do. They do, yeah. I mean, the scholarship losses are gone, um, and, and they've, got, they've got all the pieces. And, I mean, I said this when we talked a couple weeks ago. I, I think if a different schedule broke for them, I might pick them to win the South. But I just think that start is brutal, and it's going to set them back all year. I mean, if we think about this team – we catch them after in a span of four weeks they play alabama at stanford at utah and then us right you you don't you're not going to catch them after a more physical three games in four weeks than that true true exactly yeah i mean all all of those teams are not only good but but tough defensive minded run the ball you know i mean they're they're not they're not finesse teams at all so yeah i mean you, you might catch them a little beat up too um, and I, you know, again, I wonder where they'll be at quarterback wise. They still haven't made a decision. I don't think on who the starter is. Uh, I think Helton said he wanted to do it two weeks before the opener, which is this weekend. So that may be coming soon, but, um, you know, they're both, they're both talented quarterbacks. They both were highly regarded coming out of high school, but you wonder if, if they'll have some uncertainty, no matter who they pick, if they get off to a tough start, do you have, you know, feeling that you should go to the other guy? 
Um, and, and again, we've, you know, we've won in LA now, uh, just the last time we were there at SC, the last time we were in LA, uh, at all when we won at UCLA. So, you know, that, that California curse that we had going for us, uh, in the Dirk years kind of expired. That's, that's one thing Todd Graham's had a lot of success at is winning in the state of California. Yeah. I, I, I'm of two minds here before I make my pick and I'll just walk through. We're playing a quarterback who either has thrown one pass against us in Brown or has never right. faced us in Darnold. Right. But they still have receivers in Adoree Jackson and Juju Smith-Schuster, who yeah. last year combined eight catches, 234 <laughs> yeah. yards, and three touchdowns. Yeah, tore us up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, big plays and, you know, really not a hallmark of their offense last year. If you watched them a lot, they weren't a big play type of passing team. I mean, Kessler was a guy who, who took the check down a lot and threw a lot of, of short, safe stuff, but he torched us over the top a couple of times in that game. I, I, I believe maybe the very first play of the game. I know on the first drive he hit a big pass. Um, and, you know, so they, they, they crushed us last year, and that's going to test us. But I think, I think your point is correct if we talk about you know, how, how young quarterbacks or inexperienced quarterbacks have struggled against our defensive scheme. We're going to get that. You know, we're going to get a guy in his, at most, fifth career start um, and a guy who hasn't seen us before in, in meaningful time. Brown played some, some mop-up time last year in the blowout, but um, that's probably helpful for us, I think. Ultimately, I'm going to pick us to win, I, which is crazy, you know, if you if you – Ask objectively, do I think that ASU starts the season 5-0? and <laughs> I would probably tell you no, but I, I think in each individual game, yeah. I like our chances. My, yeah. one, my one hesitation, though, with USC is I watched how fast they were last year when we mm-hmm. played them. And mm-hmm. I know that we're moving Mokiola to safety. I know that Kareem Orr is going to get to play in his natural position. Right. We're getting Adams back. I, I understand all of the positive things about the secondary. But if our guys are not just Olympic caliber sprinters, mm-hmm. which Gump mm-hmm. Hayes may be, yeah, yeah, I don't know but what no, we do. I agree. I mean, we we do have a uh, a disadvantage there, and that's where it that's where it comes into the pass rush and and flustering a a relatively inexperienced quarterback. You know, see if he'll make some mistakes. Uh, see if he'll you know have to throw the ball early where the speed doesn't hurt you quite as much down the field. Um, I agree. I mean, in some ways, I think I'm being overly optimistic picking them to go four and one to start out with because of the the level of uncertainty we've got at such key positions. Um, I mean, really, probably the the two biggest keys on offense that you could have your starting quarterback and your offensive line are very much uncertain for us. Um, and then obviously our pass defense was such a weakness last year. And, and I don't know that we've shorted up completely um and and so you know four and one feels a little optimistic but again like you i think looking at the individual matchups i just i think we're catching usc at the right time um you know i think usc is probably a better team than asu but i think uh it's it's the right opportunity to catch them and then we get to october 8th which is an exciting game for two because two people will be in attendance at that game in person that's right that's right one Highly touted four-star on ESPN defensive tackle Greg Rogers has announced that that'll be his official visit to ASU. And the okay. second is me that's joining right, you right. for our one game this season. Yes, indeed. Making your, your first visit back to Sun Devil Stadium since the 
ill-fated Pac-12 championship game, correct? Yeah, I have not been since any of the renovations started. Yes, I'm, yes, so it'll know, look a lot different to you, yeah. I'm very excited to get in there to get a chance <laughs> to see it, but I will tell you this, I don't necessarily think that I'm going to be seeing us dominate a team. I, no, <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I, I hope so, um, but yeah, I, I think uh, that one I have as a loss. Um I, you know, I picked UCLA to win the South. And so kind of in a measure of just consistency, uh, I'm, I'm sticking with that. And, you know, that's, it's been a series that's, it's been weird. And, uh, you know, obviously no guarantee it's going to carry over, but the road team has had success. They've won the last two times here and we've won the last two times there. Um, and so, uh, you know, home field certainly doesn't seem to make that big of a difference. And uh, again, much like Texas tech, I just, I look at the, quarterbacking comparison and it's a it's a big margin there to me I mean you got probably one of the top five quarterbacks in college football I think and our guy and our guy's probably not in that class yet and may never be I mean Josh Rosen is already being talked about as the number one pick in the draft two years from now yeah 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 I mean he's he's cut from the mold you know I mean he, he he's got the arm he's got the build he's got it all you know uh, and and I think uh, you know they're running a better offense that is going to highlight his strengths a little bit more running more of a pro style scheme I was never a huge fan of the Mazzoni offense here and I was less of a fan of it there when I watched him play you know so I think this this will be better suited they may have a, a little bit of an adjustment period too at the start but by then it's week six, so you kind of, you know, I think you throw that aside by then and figure they've settled in. And I just think they're they're a better, more talented team. And, and I think uh, when it comes down to it, he's going to be tough to stop. The other thing that I think they have going for them is the running back who is going to step in and replace Paul Perkins. Yeah. Soso Jamabo was right. a top recruit. And last year in a reserve role, he averaged over six yards a carry. I mean... He's. I don't think he'll do that well just because he's going to be the feature back. But right, he's right. A but beast. No, he's <laughs> he's talented. Yeah, I mean they they lost a fair amount from last year's team, but they've you know again this is where those recruiting successes should come to pay off to them if they were indeed successes. They've recruited well. They've gotten high marks every year with Mora, and and they should have the personnel to step in and and replace some of those guys on offense. And I think defensively they're going to be. Pretty good. I mean, as, as good as, as maybe a, a, a defense is in the Pac-12. Uh, you know, most defenses in the Pac-12 are not shutdown units. But but they get some guys back healthy from last year. Uh, and I, I just think they're going to be probably the best all-around team in the Pac-12 South. And maybe the whole Pac-12. Yeah. I The, the only other thing I, I want to say about them is, and I mentioned this before, I still have nightmares about Ish Adams with the ball in his hands yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and him moving to offense, giving giving him more opportunities to just be a game changer with his speed, with his athleticism. Right. That's concerning to me. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, I mean, uh, they'll you think they'll find ways to to use him, um, maybe in unconventional ways too. Uh, you know, I don't know if he'll be a a strictly a wide receiver, you know, they might give him the ball as a running back, you know, those fly sweep type of things, but you, you know what he could do as a returner. Um, we saw him score a touchdown on defense here, you know, so he's, he's uh, an electric player and, and, you know, you think that they'll, especially given that they lost so many receivers from last year's group, 
they'll they're going to use him. You know, they need help there. Yeah, and that so I, I have that as a loss. Sounds like you have too. that as a loss. Yeah, but then you get basically the closest the Pac-12 comes to a palate cleanser in the South. <laughs> yeah, it has been. Uh, you know, and and uh, we discussed this before. I I keep waiting every year for when Colorado kind of gets out of that that pit that they've been in since joining the Pac-12, which is they just can't they just can't get any traction. They play some close games. Uh, I think a couple of years ago they went 0-9 in the conference, and they uh, a bunch of those games were close. I mean, they, they could have won probably five or six of them. Uh, they were probably the best 0-9 team you're ever going to find, but they just can't get over that hump. And, you know, they were supposed to have Davis Webb. He was going to go there. He ends up changing his mind. So now they've got Lufau coming back, but he's coming off a foot injury. Not sure if he's going to be able to play right away at all. Who knows? Um, so, well, so a lot of uncertainty there. And if you watched uh, Hard Knocks this week, the the whole second half yeah. of the episode's about Nelson Spruce, yeah, who that's right. was the top receiver at Colorado. So even if Lufau comes back and he's fine, yeah. you're still trying to replace your top receiver. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it just seems like it's been a struggle for them, and and they just can't seem to to establish anything consistent. I, I know, you know, Graham was very complimentary of, of McIntyre and, you know, said he's one of the best coaches in the conference, and he may very well be, but I just don't know if he's got the, the firepower yet. And, you know, they've they've been short on patience there, and so will they give him the time to get that firepower? I don't know. On the flip side, though, one thing that cannot be overlooked is their defense was much improved from two years ago, and they returned yeah. nine starters. Do they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you see little bits of progress there, and, and that's kind of why I think it, at some point, and maybe it's this year, um, they're going to be able to pull off a few of those close wins, and they're going to be 7-5 and five instead of 3-9, and nine, and you're going to think, well, okay, Colorado's not the doormat anymore. Maybe that's this year, uh, but they have to do it for me to, to believe it, basically. Like, they, they've just struggled so much. I'm looking at their their last uh, five years. They haven't won more than four games. So it's it's been a rough go. Everyone thought Utah would have trouble keeping up in the Pac-12, and it's Colorado. And it's been the opposite. Yeah, it's kind of kind of amazing. I mean, you know, Utah's been the – you know, they should have won the South last year, and they've been, you know, in contention at the top of the South a couple of times. And the team from the Big 12 – which started its downturn in the Big 12, admittedly. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to believe. Ten years ago, they were in the Big 12 championship game. And, you know, 14, 14, 15 years ago, they were they were right there on the edge of national title consideration, and, and they've just fallen completely off. So I have it as a win, even though it's high in the clouds in Boulder. I, you have it as a win. I think we're six and yeah. one. You think we're five and two. I got us five and two at that point. Yeah, yeah, which puts us. Uh, yeah, okay, going into Washington State. And this is it's for for my money harder than the UCLA UCL USC swing is the next set of games home to yeah. Washington State at Oregon home to Utah. Yeah, yeah, tricky, and then and then at Washington after that. I mean that's a. Uh, that's a tough slate because you know a lot of people think Washington is going to be going to be very good. It's rough. It's rough sledding this year when Senior Day is on November tenth. Yeah, it's going to be very awkward to end on a not only early November but a Thursday night is kind of a, an odd setup. 
But before we get ahead of ourselves, Washington State comes in with maybe the most at least decorated quarterback in the conference, if not the most talented. Yeah, yeah, and a guy who's, who's you know, really getting some NFL buzz. I've read various things. I saw, I think, yesterday McShay or two days ago put up his his top ten quarterbacks, you know, prospects, and I think he had him fourth or fifth. Uh, you know, Leach hasn't hasn't really produced an NFL quarterback yet, and, and maybe Luke Falk is the guy that's going to break that drought. And, and it's not just Luke Falk. I mean – They've got receivers, Gabe Marks, uh, yeah. coming back. He's, he had 100 catches over 1,100 yards, almost 1,200 yards last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a much improved team. They finally, you know, we talked about Colorado. Last year was kind of the year where Washington State finally clicked it into gear. And, and you know, what I expected Leach to do there a couple years ago finally happened where I think they, went, they won eight games last year and won a bowl game. Uh, I mean, it, it finally clicked on, and I think, you know, they're – they're a they're a dark horse uh, team in the in the north. I, I mean, I pick Stanford. I think Washington is is good, um, but it wouldn't totally shock me if Washington State's right there at the end and and you know wins a game to win the north or something like that. And, and you know the one thing, like you said, with Texas Tech, it's the same offense. It, to win, you have to outscore them, and with the mm-hmm. talent they have on offense, I just don't know. I mean, I love the ASU running backs. I think that. If if at this point in the season Nikhil Harry is Jalen Strong, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. then maybe we we can hang with him. But if not, I, you know I'm very worried. Even you know seven games into the year, what our secondary is going to look like playing against yeah. that team. Yeah. Well, and they you know they uh, they you know again when you talk about the, the veteran quarterback and he he turned it on against us last year in the second half. That was at Pullman, obviously, but. You know, we had that was another game. We jumped out, hot start. I think fourteen nothing, really right off the bat. Had the lead and just couldn't couldn't hold on to it. They just kept coming at us. We couldn't score enough. Um, you know, again, you hope home field makes a difference. But I, I, you know, oddly enough, I keep I keep picking us to lose at home and win on the road, which is kind of a strange dynamic. But I think I'm with you. I, I don't think I have us winning this game. I, I don't have us winning. I think that this is a recipe for, you know, everything that you fear happening with Texas Tech, I think will happen here, where all of a sudden you blink and we're down two scores, and it's yeah. just... Yeah, the, yeah. Know. I mean, they almost did that to us two years ago when they weren't very good, and, you know, we, we were a pretty good team. We, you know, we'd beaten Notre Dame, and that, that was the game after we lost to Oregon State. We we were sleepwalking through the first half and, and they outplayed us. And then we turned it on and won that game. But that team wasn't nearly as good as what they are now. Um, and I just, again, when you, when you go back to playing top notch quarterbacks, which I think we're facing a fair number this year. I mean, it seems like we, you know, if things break right, we might be facing three or four, you know, maybe even up to five, you know, future first round draft picks. And it probably won't be that many, but some guys who are on that in that radar at least. And that's that's not a good sign, I think, for us given the question marks we have defending the pass. I agree. So so you have it as a loss, I have it as a loss. Yeah. And then we have to travel to Eugene to Autzen and that's not yeah. that's not to good news for anybody. <laughs> we haven't beaten since we were college freshmen. Um, you know, so mm-hmm. that's that's a long time and a lot of a lot of incarnations of ASU and Oregon. Um, we should have beat them last year. Uh, we had that game wrapped up on more than one occasion and couldn't finish it. And now we have to try to break that drought on the road, which is tougher. 
I mean, th- this is a team that for a long, long time did not lose at home. Now, right. they've obviously taken a step back um, in the post-Chip Kelly era, but... Yeah, lost some games at home last year. Uh, I mean, they lost to Washington State, and they lost, I think, to Utah by a big margin at home. So, I mean, yeah, they they lost a little of that air of invincibility at Autzen, but, you know, again, when you haven't beaten a team at all, it's, it reminds me of USC from a few years back when we hadn't beaten them for over a decade. You know, you can't take it for granted. You know, they, they may have dropped off, but they own us. Well, and, and, and think about this. ESPN just did an article about the top receivers for each team. Yeah. And for Oregon, they don't get to Devin Allen, an Olympic-caliber runner, <laughs> until fourth. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, they, they still have talent. Like, you know, that's the, that's the thing with them. They, they still have weapons. They still have that offense. I mean, you know, people are, are down on them, and I'm one that doesn't think they're going to be as good as they've been. I think last year was the beginning of the slide back, and it'll just continue this year because um, they haven't really – what they haven't done is found an adequate quarterback to replace Mariota, which is kind of stunning that they're – in this boat because they had a quarterback pipeline. It seemed like, you know, there was just another one always coming through, whether it was Darren Thomas, Mazzoli, Mariota, Dennis Dixon. Uh, you know, they, they never struggled at that spot. And since Mariota, you know, they, the guys they've recruited have not worked out. That's why they're on maybe their second FCS transfer in a row. Um, so I think that, you know, they drop off. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like overnight this team has become – uh, you know, a four and eight caliber team. They still have a lot of talent. Maybe the best running back in the conference. Good receivers. An offense that's tough to stop. A crowd that's tough to handle. I mean, it, it's not a, a game to be taken lightly. Yeah, he, they certainly have the best running back. We'll see with Freeman. Yes. Uh, yes. Know. Yeah. I, I suppose I, I. I'm not giving enough credit to McCaffrey there, but he's not on our schedule. Uh, McCaffrey's, you know, earned that title as the best running back in the conference, but. You know, Freeman put up some big runs on us last year, and he's going to be tough. Uh, you know, so so they're, you know, they're good. Um, I'm somewhat, and maybe call me crazy, I'm optimistic about that game. Um, I feel like we had a beat last year, and, and I, like I said, I think they lost their their air of un, unbeatable uh, feeling at home, and I feel like we can go up there and win. I think we could, but. I don't think we will. Okay. I, I don't think it matters who the quarterback is. I, my big concern, I love our front seven. I think our front seven is a strength. Yeah. I, I've been a big fan of Calhoun and Sam since they right. came in. I, the way that we're talking about Wicker you know, mm-hmm. makes you think that this guy's got a chance to be Will Sutton-like with yeah. the kind of pressure he can get. Yeah. But I don't think that matters when you've got a running back who rushed for 1,300 yards two years ago in over 1800 yeah. yards last season. Yeah, it might not. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a much different style than, you know, some of the other high powered offenses that we will have seen, you know, with Texas tech and Cal and Washington state, those are teams that they want to throw it 55, 60 times and, and, you know, get a bunch of plays that way. Oregon's different. They, you know, they don't want to throw it that much. They want to hurry you up and, and run, Pretty simple stuff, honestly. Like, I mean, that's that's the reason I think Chip Kelly has struggled some in the NFL is his schemes are not that complex, um, and they don't have to be at that level. And obviously, it's not him anymore, but it's still the same kind of offense. Um, they run simple stuff, you but just, you just have yeah, and and they 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 do it so fast. 
and they have so many good weapons on offense that it's it's hard, you know, at that level. Um, not a lot of teams have the athleticism to keep up with them. In the NFL, every team does. Uh, so that's, I think, the biggest difference. But we're not talking NFL. We're talking, you know, this team. And they're, they're, they're still going to be good. I just, you know, I, I, you know, I haven't been high on Mark Helfrich since he got that job. It seems like a, 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 a competent enough coach, but I don't think he's a championship-level coach. And I think we saw that over the last couple of years when he got, to me, completely outcoached in the championship game against Urban Meyer. And then last year they, they struggled mightily when Vernon Adams went out. And, and you know, Vernon Adams is really good, but you got to have another option. you got to be able to still find a way to, to play well without your quarterback, and they, they couldn't do that. I absolutely agreed. I, I still think we dropped the game, and I, that, for me, puts us not just on a losing streak, but also drifting back to 500 in conference at that point. Yeah, so so we've got the same record now. We've got what four and one. I'm doing the math here. Four and two, six and three, it's or five six, and four. It's I, we both have them at six and three, but we get there different ways. Six and three. Correct, I have yeah. I have them losing at home to UCLA, Washington State, and on the road to Oregon. So far. right, right, and I have again. I don't feel great about this picking us to at that point be undefeated on the road. Um, but three losses at home seems weird, but it's just looking at the opponent more so. And maybe I'm not giving enough stock in home field both ways. Uh, you know, it's, it's possible. I'm not, I'm not giving that enough credit, but yeah, I've got us Texas tech, UCLA, Washington state. And that brings us to a weird game. So we get the, the fake buy, the mini buy. Yeah. And, and yeah. get Utah on November 10th. And Think about this. Our, our three games in a row here after Colorado, we play the air raid Washington State team. We play yeah. the up-tempo running Oregon team. And then we play the South version of Stanford with a, yeah. you know, with yeah. a grind it physical. Yeah, eye formation, run the ball, play good defense, you know, old, old school football kind of. Yeah. Now, they don't have Devontae Booker anymore, so that makes me feel a little bit better about our chances. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's – every game with them lately has been super close. Um, you know, I mean, we, we had a lead there in the fourth quarter last year, even though our offense really struggled the whole game, um, you know, and, and we couldn't hold on to it. We, we beat them in overtime here a couple years ago. I mean, they, they play us very well. Um, but until last year, we hadn't lost to them. Uh, so that obviously, you know, that, that dominance was punctured a little bit. I – in that game, it really, to me, as much as I said just a second ago, I didn't maybe didn't give enough credit to home field. It comes back to home field in that game because they're they're really tough to beat at home, um, and and I think you know the fact we don't have to go there is, is the deciding factor. I mean, Utah's having to replace Booker, having to break in a new uh, quarterback, whoever yeah. it is, whether it's Troy Williams or one of the guys who they actually recruited. Yeah, I think a, a freshman kid, Huntley, is is getting a lot of buzz there too. Yeah, Tyler Huntley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean he's he came from Florida. He's a du- that, Huntley, and he's a dual threat quarterback. Yeah, I, it's I just, know he's it's he's just, gotten some positive buzz out of there. So it's hard for me to think that Whittingham's going to start a a true freshman. Now, and he might not. Yeah, but yeah. on the flip side of that, when you are talking about, you know, the almost the you know third to last game of the season right 
Right. He might have gotten that job by that point, moved into it, or, or you know, if he gets it right off the bat, then obviously he's in, you know, his, his ninth or tenth start, and you're not getting a, uh, you know, a young kid really anymore. Yeah. All of that being said, I, I think it works out for us playing uh, another quarterback who hasn't seen our system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I know the Utah offensive line is good. It's always good. But by this point, I think that, you know, the the big guys up front for ASU defensively, I mean, between Wicker, who we talked about, and Tashawn Smallwood, who does right. who, who does exactly what you want a defensive tackle to do, which is he blends in, he does his job, he never yeah. misses a spot. Yeah, you know, yeah, agreed, agreed, yeah. I mean, and, and uh, you know, that type of offense, I think, plays to – our strength, um, because that was, you know, as bad as our defense was last year, uh, by the numbers, it was, it was decent against the run, you know, not many teams had success running the ball on us, even them as good as they were running, you know, Booker had that touchdown late in the game, but we bottled him up really until that point. Yeah. Um, you know, and we did that against some other good running teams. So I, that, that to me, um, you know, gives us a little matchup advantage there. Cause I think we're pretty good stopping the run. The problem comes in is that we don't face a lot of teams that like to run the ball like them. Uh, but in that particular game, I think it works for us. Yeah, and if you can't burn the secondary deep, then it doesn't really matter if we're bringing, you know, six right. guys, seven guys. Right, right, yeah. So I I have that as a win, and that would be seven and three at that point. So that would, that would clinch a winning season for us. I have that as a win. And that then, so we come off of that. That's the last home game. All the emotions of senior day, and you get the second half of the mini buy before you go right. to Washington. Right. And I'll I'll start with this. Washington scares me. I am a big believer in Browning. I think he's really good. Yeah. If, yeah. If it wasn't for the fact that Josh Rosen is also in the conference and at a more prestigious school uh-huh. for athletics we'd be talking about how great browning is he, agreed agreed he he uh you know he looked a little rough in the game here last year I, I you know i went to that game and he he missed some open guys and he made some mistakes in the second half but he really seemed to have the light come on for him at the end of the year last year i mean you kept hearing that they really liked him and and you know he was gonna be good he hadn't put it together but the last couple of games in the bowl game and he played really well and I, I think that was a, a big sign for them. And they, you know, very young team, a lot of guys back from last year. I think they're they're really good. And that, you know, when they're good, that's a tough place to play. We've had a lot of success up there. We haven't lost to them in a long time. Kind of the flip of, of the Oregon series. Um, it's been a long time since we've lost to Washington. I think maybe back to the '90s. But they're much improved, and I think the streak probably ends this year. And not for nothing, it is their senior day because they end at is Washington it? State. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I think I think they're improved. Uh, you know, I thought about picking them to win the North, but I just think they, they might be one year away, and I think Stanford's still a pretty darn good team. Uh, but I think they, they probably get, you know, a 9 or 10 win type of season. Um, and I think, you know, that's a, that's a tough place to go win. So... That goes the there goes the end of our undefeated road season in my book, and all it took was the second to last road game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we can make it to that game without a road loss, uh, you know, it, it's my projection, but I'd be pretty happy if it was right because I'm I'm taking some leaps of faith there. I 
I think we're going to lose this game. I just ultimately think that Browning's good. Their receivers are pretty good. Their defense is solid. They're well coached. And it's tough to win on the road. It, Agreed. And, Agreed, yeah. And yeah, in I the mean, middle of November, that weather could be terrible in could Seattle. Could be, could be. We played some bad weather games up there. I mean, we we escaped with a with a win there a couple years ago when they weren't very good in Peterson's first year, I think it was. Um, and, and we've, you know, the win streak against them has been far from dominant. I mean, we've, we've, uh, we've had some escapes. Oh, six. I know we went there and we won in overtime. Um, you know, so it's, it's the tough place to play. And again, you know, easier when they're not very good. And they went through a long stretch where they were really bad. Uh, the, you know, the bottom of the pack 10 there for a few years. And, you know, they've they've started to turn the corner with Sarkeesian, even though he doesn't get a lot of credit for it, but he kind of brought them out of the abyss. And I think Peterson is the guy to kind of take them to the, to the next level and have them in conference title conversation. I agree. I, I think they're going to be good. I think they'll be right in the mix till the end. And I agree that Stanford's still going to eke it out. Yeah, I, th- I just think when it, you know, with McCaffrey and what they do, we don't we don't play him, and I think that's a break for us. Um, but you know, he's so good, and they're going to find a quarterback. I'm not that concerned by that. I mean, you never know. Sometimes it's easier said than done replacing a quarterback like Kevin Hogan. Uh, you know, I I I go back to Texas being a Texas fan, and then you know Colt McCoy I think was was better than Hogan, but neither one was like a you know superstar number one draft pick. But they were both four year starters. Texas was supposed to slide right in with a, you know, blue chipper, Garrett Gilbert, everything was going to be fine. And six years later, they're still looking for a quarterback. So maybe I'm not giving that enough credit, but I think they'll be fine. I think one of these two guys will, will be a good enough player and they're going to run it well and they're going to play good defense and do the things that they do. And that takes us to the Territorial Cup. Yes, indeed. In Tucson. So back-to-back senior days that we yeah. have to go on the road for. And you know what? I still think we beat them. I, <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. I, I think, uh, you know, I guess it's, it comes down to probably being a homer. Um, I think the teams are probably pretty similar. It, it's hard for me to, to really say in a tangible way that I think we're much better than them in this way or that way. Um, you know, they've got a lot of different question marks. So do we. Um, you know, they, they their quarterback situation is presumably better than ours. Um, you know, they've got a returning starter and a guy who is competing for the job. You know, who, who hasn't started for him but played some last year, played well against us. Um, you know, so they they've got some things to like, maybe more than we do. Comes down to it, I'm not picking them to beat us. I I could never. I will never. I mean, it. it you know, it's just uh, I'm I'm throwing reason out the window in some ways but i've done it you know in other games too like uh you know reason would tell me to pick usc reason would tell me to pick oregon but i'm giving us a few wins that um probably conventional wisdom would say don't do it but i think we win too i i think todd graham beats rich rod i think that's just the natural order of things i hope so yeah yeah i mean he's he's what three and one against him and mm-hmm. and uh you know is it three and one it Am I is. right about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And two two pretty good beatdowns up here. And then the, uh, you know, the, the one that was the comeback there in 2012 down there. And had a chance to win that game in 14. I mean, as, as bad as we played at parts of that game, 
you know, we had the ball with a chance, I believe, to either tie or take the lead there when Burko got in and, uh, you know, couldn't quite drive it down the field. But, you know, we've we've played them well, and I'm going to I'm going to go with that. I You know, eight and four big picture as we look at it. Um, you know, I think I'd be fairly content with it. And I and I don't like saying that um, because I had much higher expectations last year. But I think you have to be reasonable. You have to look at what this team is, what what they're trying to figure out. And, uh, you know, I think I'd take eight and four and run with it. I mean, if everything holds, you're eight and four and you're returning a lot of offense and a lot of defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, I think that's exactly it. This is a year to build. You know, it's, it's a year to hopefully get some wins. And, you know, if, if my projection goes like, like I'm hoping – you know, you get some wins on the road, you end some droughts, you know, maybe you get past Oregon, you know, you do you do some things to kind of give yourself confidence going into next year, which hopefully will be a year where where eight wins isn't good enough. I, don't, I mean, I don't I don't want that to be the the baseline every single year. We've talked about that a ton. Um, you know, just being seven or eight wins is not good enough every year. But this year, given the situation we find ourselves in at some key spots, I would take it. Me too. That puts us in a bowl game. That gets us the the practice reps in the postseason. Yeah, yeah, and and it would put us in a you know a decent bowl game. I mean, we're not going to a you know to an elite bowl, but I don't I don't see any way that happens. I mean, this is it's a it's a strange schedule in some ways because, and maybe it's not strange. I guess you could probably say this a lot of years, but I don't see a game on the schedule that I feel like is unwinnable. You know, and we've had those in the past where USC was good or Oregon was great or Stanford, um, and you felt like, man, you're not winning this game unless everything breaks right for you. I don't see that. But there's a lot of games that are tough. I mean, I've got us going 8-4, but in that I've got us winning at Oregon, winning at SC, winning at Arizona. Those are games that are not givens, and if they go the wrong way, you're looking at 5-7. and seven. So, it, you know, it's a challenging slate. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I, I also have us eight and four, and we differ on one game already. You know, if we're both wrong on that one, now, yeah. you know, you're back down to seven and five. Right, right. I mean, I think it's a, you know, to me, the, the range of this season probably falls somewhere in between five and nine wins. Uh, I, think, I think if everything goes well, you know, the, whoever the quarterback is plays well, the offensive line gels. The pass defense improves back to the point it was in 13 and 14, probably a nine, nine and three type of year. And if everything doesn't go well, all those question marks come up the wrong way. You're probably looking at five and seven, maybe, maybe four and eight, which I hope not. I mean, that's, that's disaster situation. Um, But it's, you know, again, given the games we talked about, it's not outlandish to think. No, absolutely not. But that covers us. We're going to slowly drift into our normal routine now of a pregame talk and a postgame breakdown each week. Yes, indeed. Thanks for tuning in and checking us out. I'm Ben. He's Matt. This is the Ben and Matt Sportscast.